Welcome to Park City Church. You're listening to our weekly message, where we hope you'll be inspired and encouraged to know and follow Jesus and welcome and serve others. Thank you for tuning in. So uh, we're going to talk about money. We're going to talk about uh, money this morning in Proverbs. And uh, again, if you were like, oh man, of all the mornings, I was so close to staying home, right? Uh, I know, I feel your, I feel it, and I'll do my best. Uh, but I, we've, been, we've been saying for several weeks now that the book of Proverbs, a collection of wisdom in the Old Testament, has something to say to like the nuts and bolts of our lives, that it's God's wisdom for kind of the nitty gritty of life. And the last few weeks, we sort of lived in the introduction to Proverbs, the first nine chapters, all introduction, all kind of longer poems centered around themes that are meant to like woo you, much like these beautiful melodies, uh, into, a, into a view or perception of the world that God has wisdom for life, wisdom that works, wisdom that uh, speaks to the nuts and, and bolts, again, if you will. And, and it occurs to me that nothing, nothing, perhaps nothing is more nitty-gritty and nuts and bolts in life than money. Right, then the material sort of stuff of our life, the physical space in which we accrue and uh, which, although now a lot of it's virtual, you know, but crypto and all that jazz, but, but the, the kind of the material sort of uh, wealth in our lives, it doesn't get much, uh, it doesn't get much more kind of nitty gritty than that. And Proverbs, interestingly, speaks to that space, right? That God in his wisdom doesn't sort of just like check us out of the material world, I should have done that one. We're living in a material world, and I'm a material, right, yeah, okay. Anyway, oh, it's going to be a long morning. Um, right, but that God doesn't just sort of pull us out of that and, you know, send us on some ethereal sort of spiritual journey. He speaks into the kind of physical stuff of our lives. He has wisdom for the place in which we live, and, and Proverbs helps us there. Uh, uh, some of you who were with us last week or, or worship with us across town, my wife who isn't here this morning, had the opportunity to share a little bit last week. And, uh, you know, I'm biased, but she did a great job. And, uh, uh, but as she was preparing, kind of talking about church planting and our sto- bit of our story, um, you, know, you know, public speaking and all that jazz, she was kind of preparing my girls, I have twin daughters who were eight, they were like, we're not going to be in there to hear you. We, you know, we're going to go to class. Like, what, we, what, what, we want to hear you. And uh, so Jess was like, okay, I'll, that's great. I'll practice. So they disappeared upstairs for a while. And uh, I assume Jess was practicing. I don't really know what was happening up there. But uh, a little while later, they came down, and uh, Penny was coming down the steps, and I was going up to see how it was going. And I'm like, oh, how'd it go, you know? And Penny's like, well, well, she's not as handsy as you, right? It's like, what? Right? Like, are you kidding me? And uh, of all the things you could have said, right, like, man, she did a great job, and, you know, she's not as handsy as you. It occurs to me that uh, perhaps this is a good morning for overzealous hand gestures to distract you from the awkward subject uh, of, of money. But I think perhaps more pertinent uh, to this conversation is that feeling that I, I had in that moment, that awkwardness of, like, kind of seeing things that maybe I didn't want uh, to see and, you know, now being really self-conscious about all that's happening over here. Uh, but I think Proverbs, uh, in, in equally as 
direct, but also gracious away, speaks to a space in our lives that sometimes can be really uncomfortable and awkward to talk about. So we said like the first nine chapters are all introduction, and then you get to chapter 10, and the heading says something like, you know, the Proverbs of Solomon. So, you know, we get these longer poems, and then you get to chapter 10, and you hit the section of, you know, the, the remaining bits of the, of the book are, are, are generally sort of whimsical, bullet point style, like Proverbs for life, right? And that's what starts in chapter 10. And I just want to read the first five verses of chapter 10 to you. They're not on the screen, so just listen. And I want to invite you to, to just kind of attend to, like, what, what themes do you hear? All right? So this is the beginning of the Proverbs, if you will. We're done tempting you, wooing you to to believe that God has wisdom, and now he's going to give it to us here, Solomon says. The Proverbs of Solomon, verse 1. A wise son makes a glad father, but a foolish son is a sorrow to his mother. Verse 2. Treasures gained by wickedness do not profit, but righteousness delivers from death. The Lord does not let the righteous go hungry, but he thwarts the craving of the wicked. A slack hand causes poverty, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. He who gathers in summer is a prudent son, but he who sleeps during the harvest brings shame. Interesting, right? As we move out of the introductory material into the beginning of Proverbs, I don't know about you, but what I hear is money, 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 right? Like, like it just it jumps right into this really sort of material place in which we all live. And it's a theme that will, that will show up over and over again throughout the rest of Proverbs. And, and I'll acknowledge this morning, we are obviously not going to say everything there is to say about the subject. We won't even sort of scratch the surface about everything Proverbs has to say. But I do think Proverbs is a really helpful place to start because it, it kind of gives us a, a broad view of this space in our lives. And I know that we're probably, in one respect, all in a really similar place when it comes to money and wealth by virtue of where we live and, and all those things. But in, in another respect, all of us have a slightly different story and relationship to it. And uh, Proverbs, I think, gives us a kind of broad like, view of how uh, the gospel, how God's wisdom, the fear of the Lord is how Proverbs puts it, how, how a life uh, lived there can find expression here in the material. And so rather than look at all of it, we're going to look at one verse. Again, this is not on the screen. I just want to read it to you. Uh, uh, that I, a verse that I think gives us a kind of through line. So if you read Proverbs on your own uh, and you bump into like uh, wisdom about sort of the material stuff of your life, I, I think this verse in chapter 10, verse 22, again, still in this opening section here, uh, gives us a kind of through line that runs through sort of all, all the different uh, bits of wisdom we find. And this is what he says in uh, 10 verse 22. The blessing of the Lord makes rich and he adds no sorrow with it. Right? The blessing of the Lord makes rich and he adds no sorrow with it. Now, I'll be candid with you. There are streams in the church that we really want to live at the front half of this verse right? This, this is, who doesn't want to hear, right, that God's blessing leads to like wealth and, and, and that is clearly a part of Proverbs as we'll see. Although it's important to remember, remember as we've already said, Proverbs does not exist in isolation. 
It is a type of literature in scripture that sits alongside the story of Job and the story of Ecclesiastes that, that admit that life doesn't always work uh, the way it was designed and intended to work, as we'll see in, in just a few moments. But, but I think this is the bit we like, but it's the second half of the verse I want to ask you to just kind of sit with, with me, with it, uh, for a moment. Right? The, the blessing of the Lord, that God has a way, his wisdom at work in your life, it, it leads to, to, to riches, it says. But, but uh, a, a, a kind of part of that is the truth that he adds no sorrow with it, which suggests to me, as I hear that this morning, that outside of the context of God's wisdom, Right, that outside of the context of the front half of that verse, that, that God's wisdom is, is designed to sort of speak into this place and, and allows outside of that context, money often comes with strings attached. And those strings at the other end of those strings is often, not always, but often sorrow. And, and I, I, I think, uh, again, in the words of another song that I did not play for you, uh, the notorious B.I.G., right? Mo money, mo problems, right? Uh, Proverbs, right? Who knew? Uh, but, but there's this, this admission, right, that God is sort of prompting us in this proverb that there is a way, as we've seen already, there is a way to kind of move in life, specifically in, uh, in the way we relate to the material in our lives. That when we approach that outside of the wisdom of God, often, often there is inherent in that pursuit sorrow. I think you could probably, I think you could probably think of examples, you don't need me to, like, uh, give them to you. Maybe even now as we're thinking, you're, you're thinking of, of maybe uh, we'll consider some in a moment, but uh, examples of sorrow attached to the pursuit of wealth. Sometimes it's personal. I don't think we have to think too hard to, think, uh, to, to, to consider how it's structural and, and, and large, uh, systemic, if you will. Uh, but this... this uh, truth here in Proverbs that, uh, that God has a, a wisdom with how we approach stuff and outside of that often sorrow. So I just want to sit with that for a moment and I, I want to make a suggestion uh, that is tied to sort of where we've lived the last few weeks. That Proverbs in, in calling us into the wisdom of God has tried to encourage us and remind us again and again that it's not just intellectual. That the question of sort of knowing right and doing right is not just kind of like having all the right information. The Proverbs has said again and again that the life of wisdom lived in the fear of the Lord is not just a head issue, it's a, it's a heart issue because, which is sort of what I'll suggest to you wrapped up in this sorrow, is the truth that our hearts are, are bent in a particular direction. Specifically for uh, the context of our conversation this morning, our hearts are bent on ourselves. Right, that our hearts are bent on ourselves and the, that, 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 that money becomes just a sphere in which we see that kind of very clearly played out. Uh, Timothy talks about in the New Testament, Paul writing to Timothy, you know, that the love of money is the root of all evil and much has been made of that, that the money itself, you know, but it's the love of money. But really, I wonder if like sort of what Proverbs suggests is that even behind that is, is, is a heart bent on itself that prompts us to maybe disorder things in our lives in a way that God never intended. Our hearts are, are, are set on ourselves, I think, is a, a helpful way for us to think about Proverbs 10, 22. I, I want to just see if we can illustrate this. So I'm not going to give you, like, lots of Proverbs. I thought about it. I'll just rattle off all the Proverbs about money. 
I won't do that. I could sing them, though, if, uh, you know, push comes to shove, but I won't do that either. Uh, but I, I just want to offer you some uh, examples, sort of, if you were to read Proverbs, these are themes you would, you would bump into. Uh, so on the one hand, I guess Proverbs kind of gives us an a, uh, interesting, I don't want to say tension, but, but balance to how we think about it. On the one hand, Proverbs will say, as we read this morning, work hard. That if you work hard, if you're diligent, right, you, you, you run a business, you, you work, you pursue a career, that if you work hard, right, you don't sleep through the harvest, you get out there and work and you sweat. And if, if you're diligent in your work and wise about it, that, that the, <laughs> Proverbs suggests, well, you will acquire more money, right? That's great. We, we like that side. But, but at the same time, Proverbs will say that if all you care about is that pursuit, right? That if, that if that singular pursuit sort of consumes your heart and life, uh, Proverbs will call you a, f- a fool. So yes, this is good and there is merit there, but Proverbs also says, but, but there is more to the story of your life. Um, Proverbs will say, which as we already read, that, you know, this language of blessing, it, it seems to indicate again and again that oftentimes uh, money in your life, not always, but often is an indication of a generous God who has blessed your life. And, and that is a, a part of it. But Proverbs at the same time will hold up the, the reality that, yes, that may be true, but you'd be even more blessed if you gave it away. So that, that it's not just kind of like, let me bless you so you can have more and more and more. It's, it's, this is an indication of God's generosity in your life so that it can find expression in generosity in your own life. Uh, you, you, you'll see this truth in Proverbs over and over again. You guys, like, I can see the dollar signs in your eyes as they glaze over. I'm just, just kidding. Um, Proverbs will say that it's wise, it's wise to save, right, to save for the future. It's wise, that there is wisdom there, right? That is one side of this conversation. But Proverbs will also say, right, that if that is your security, if, if that alone is your security, uh, again, we're back to the language of fools, you are, Proverbs will say, misguided. It will inevitably fail you. And, and again, uh, in a really clear, clear way, Proverbs will say, which seems, uh, you know, fairly obvious, that wealth is more desirable than, than poverty, right? That, that, I mean, if you could choose, you would clearly choose the one. And yet, Proverbs will say again and again that if that is it, for you. There are things that are of more value, like righteousness and humility and wisdom and good relationships and the fear of the Lord. I, I just want to acknowledge, I know conversations around this subject are far more complicated than I will address this morning. I also know it's easier to say we should hold our possessions less tightly uh, when you have lots of them, right? I just want to sort of a- admit that up front, but I, I do think what this Proverbs this morning says to us, this particular proverb, that God blesses and gives materially in our lives, and when he does it, it is without sorrow. The implication that often when we pursue it outside of his wisdom, sorrow is attached. I I think a lot of times that's tied to our heart's inclination toward one side of those tensions, right? We like the bit about work hard, man. Just work hard. Get out there. Get ahead. Work hard. We like the bit about save for yourself, your security, get out there, do it. We like the bit about, you know, uh, wealth versus poverty. We, 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 our hearts are just drawn towards one side, I think, of that tension. They're, they're, they're bent that direction. And, and Proverbs will, ex, will expose that. 
that the result of, of that pull is sorrow. I will give you some concrete examples here. So Proverbs chapter 11. Okay, this is an example. Uh, 26, the people curse him who holds back grain, but a blessing is on the head of him who sells it. All right, so this, the, the, the acknowledgement here is that our tendency, our heart's tendency is to work hard and hold on to it, control it, right? We, we want to con- control it. And, and, and Proverbs says, man, in, inevitably that will lead to sorrow, maybe not for you, but for people around you. Proverbs 28, 25, uh, a greedy man will stir up strife, but the one who trusts in the Lord will be enriched, right? That, 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 that bent of our heart to look out for ourselves in the material spaces of our lives, we, we, you know, nobody wants to admit they're greedy, but, but I mean, Proverbs calls that greed and that a result of that will be conflict, will be sorrow in the relationships and systems and, and neighborhoods of our lives, and then a, a last example, uh, Proverbs 20, 23. Uh, and this is, uh, you know, I don't know how many of you guys do commerce with weights. You like, you go to the store and you purchase things by placing your, like, some of you, I don't know, maybe you did it this week. Uh, uh, Proverbs 20, 23, unequal weights are an abomination to the Lord. False scales are not good. All right, so commercial practices that are out of balance, that, that in this case favor you, uh, f- favor our selfish interests above the needs and interests of others. Proverbs calls them an abomination, really strong language in the Old Testament. I mean, lots of like moral corruption gets, gets, uh, lives in that space. And God says that when we sort of greedily tilt the scales of how we use money in our favor uh, over the needs of others, it belongs in the same category, sorrow. Right, to sorrow, it, it, it just, it, it works sorrow, maybe in our own lives, maybe in the lives of people around us, maybe in the lives of people who come after us, maybe in the lives of people we, we don't even think about, don't even know. Paul, again, writing to Timothy, a protege in the New Testament who will step up and lead the church. Paul says uh, to him, the love of money, again, is the root of all kinds of evil. But then he says this, I, it's hard not to think Proverbs was swimming around in there somewhere. It is through this craving the bent of, of, of the heart towards itself around the question of money. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. Again, I, I think you could probably think of lots of examples. I thought of one from pop culture that has been in some of the headlines over the last weeks. And again, I don't uh, pretend to know really anything of, about the story, but if you followed any of the headlines around the, the, the conversations around Britney Spears and her conservatorship, right, her sort of uh, the trajectory of her life and all that she's accomplished and the wealth that she's accrued and, and, and there seems to be lots of struggle and sorrow around the story of who all of that belongs to, who is capable and, and able and willing to, to manage all that. Again, I don't know the particulars, but it does seem to me like an example of what happens when the heart that is bent towards sort of its own desires in, in and around the conversation of money, that often the result outside of the wisdom of God is sorrow. You guys are like, man, talking about money, it's awkward, but now you've made it really depressing, right? <laughs> Come on, Matt, right? Uh, well, that's okay, right? Hang with me, because I think there is good news. I think the gospel the story, the work, the life and resurrection of Jesus, God's grace to you and me has something to say to this place, right? That, that, that the good news here 
that I think Proverbs makes clear, and, and again, the, the story of Scripture, the, the story of the good news of Jesus, is that even though our hearts are relentlessly bent on ourselves, God tells us that his heart is still set on us. Right, that even though your heart and mine relentlessly in ways I want to admit, in ways I'm oblivious to, in ways I try to hide from the people around me, even though my heart is bent on its own selfish interests, the gospel tells me that God's heart still is bent on me and you. And, and, and what I think Proverbs in its language of the fear of the Lord, living in the fear of the Lord, remembering that all of this is God's, as Tracy read for us, the whole earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, and that out of that generosity we are pulled into a story of which we are not, uh, you know, the, the, the narrators, right, that we are pulled into kind of something bigger and different and into, into God's generosity, that when we live there, when our hearts live in the good news of a gracious God, it starts to change us. It changes not only who we are, but how we view and hold what we have. It's not the first time in the story of Scripture that uh, we hear this suggestion, that, that, that God's good work in our lives changes the way we relate to the stuff in our lives. Uh, way back uh, earlier in the, in the first five books in Deuteronomy, so the story of the people of Israel, Exodus, all that, they're leaving, they're headed to the promised land. Uh, you, you find this conversation as Moses, uh, God is speaking through Moses in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 17. God's speaking to the people saying, be careful not to say, my own ability and skill have gotten me this wealth. You must remember the Lord your God, for he is the one who gives the ability to even create right? He, he is the one that all the, all the goodness and, 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 and material goodness that you experience, uh, Moses says to the people through the book of Deuteronomy, uh, man, all, all of that finds its home first in the generosity of a God whose heart is bent toward you. I think if you've been around the church, uh, typically when we talk about money, we talk about tithing. If you're not familiar with tithing, you're like, I knew it was coming, right? I can see it on your faces, right? Well, yes, I know, but, uh, we, but that's typically what we talk about. And tithing is this discipline uh, that we bump into in the Old Testament. It's kind of foundational in how people are relating to God. But uh, in a nutshell, it's this setting aside kind of the first 10% of the material in our lives. Uh, for us, you know, it's money in this case, setting that aside and, and giving it uh, to the work, work of God. And, and in this way, acknowledging that all that we have is gift, right? This sort of disciplined way of regularly remembering. Uh, I didn't create this. This is a gift from another. That I receive this. Uh, this is all that I have and, and uh, it is, is, an, is a, uh, an experience of generosity. And, and, it, and my heart will forget that, Proverbs says. My heart will forget that. And so tithing helps us cut against that. But interestingly, you know, that's where we live. It's kind of how we talk. So that, you know, we, you know, many of you do that. We encourage you to do that. If you have questions about that, I'd love to chat with you. But, uh, but interestingly, that's really, as the story of scripture continues, it's just kind of the entryway. Right? It's just the beginning. Just uh, last week, the, the passage they reflected on was Acts chapter four. As, as Jesus starts the church, Right, we come through the Gospels, life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, and now the church starts in Acts. Acts chapter 4 tells us that as people begin to buy into the confession that Jesus Christ has risen from the dead, 
One result of that in Acts chapter 4, around verse 30, 32 and 33, is, they, is, is specifically they didn't view anything they had as their own. Right? That, that, and in Acts, I mean, it's a direct correlation. The apostles are confessing Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. And then the next sort of bit is, well, they didn't hold on to anything they had as if it was their own. Right? And, and it seems a far cry from, you know, just sort of, here's my first kind of 10%. But all of that to say, right, all of that to say that our relationship to the material stuff in our lives, Proverbs suggests to you and me, is that you can approach it in all kinds of ways. But Proverbs invites you to step into the way in which you hold and relate to the money and material things in your lives, monetary and material things in your lives, to step into them as a gift, as, a, as an expression, a work, uh, an acknowledgement of God's generosity. And then that, that then begins to change us. Uh, I'll take you to one last verse. Um, this is in 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Uh, and this is Paul writing to a really wealthy church in Corinth. All right, so church is just beginning. We've looked at Deuteronomy at the beginning. We've lived in Proverbs, a couple of places in the New Testament. Jesus talks a lot about it. We'll look at that perhaps at another time. But Paul writing a letter to the, uh, a rather wealthy church in Corinth, and this is what he says to them. For you know, you know the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, think Psalm 24, he held the world, right? That though he was rich, yet for your sake, his heart set on you, he became poor so that you, by his poverty, could be rich, right? And, and it's so much more than material, but it certainly includes it, right? That, 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 that here Paul is, is telling them that uh, the way they relate to all the material stuff in their lives is directly connected to their hearts resting in the gracious work of Jesus on their behalf. Interestingly, Paul tells them this at a moment when he's encouraging them to give to the poor, that what he points to in this moment and trying to prompt their generosity of all the places he could have gone, stories of need, right? He could have gone all kinds of places. Uh, could have appealed to, you know, you'll feel good about it, right? <laughs> could have appealed to all kinds of things, but where he takes them is back to what Jesus has done for them. That, that uh, even though our hearts are bent on ourselves, we find life, we are changed when our hearts rest in the truth that God's heart is bent on us. No clearer expression of that than in the person of Jesus. We're going to close with a song here in a moment. You guys can come on up. I want to leave you with one uh, sort of uh, just kind of final thought. Um, there's a few other things that I thought I wanted to say. I do think, uh, yeah, we'll leave it for another day. But I, I want to leave you with just kind of one uh, image uh, I was reading this week a letter from a, a pastor, a retired pastor, still, you know, working and writing, but um, sort of at the end of his career, writing to a younger pastor who had written to ask, and he'd asked him about money and uh, money in the church and all those kinds of things. And uh, money, 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 money. No. Okay. Right. Here we are. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, th this was his response, uh, and I just want to share it with you. Um, I think this is what Proverbs is driving at. But outside of the wisdom of God, money's attached to sorrow. Our pursuit of it, our hearts are, are bent on themselves. And the antidote to that, the antidote to that is to let our hearts rest in the love and grace of the one whose heart is bent on us. And, and in, in this conversation, this is what the pastor uh, wrote in response. Th these are a few of my thoughts, Josh. 
to whom he was writing. He said, I'll add one more thing. I'll add one more thing. Money, money in people's lives, in our lives, is always a grace issue. It's always a grace issue. You give if you feel you've been given to. And you don't give if you feel that life's been stenting you. That, that it's always a grace issue. And then he finishes with this. We love because he first loved us. Right? Money is just one place where that reality is, is intended to be lived out. And there's no sorrow there, God's wisdom says. His heart is set on us. We love because he has first loved us and we are generous because our hearts are saturated in the generosity of a God whose heart is set on you. I want to invite you to stand with me. I don't know what your relationship to money is. Uh, I, you know, this is not a pledge drive. I'm not here to talk, drive up tithing at Park City Church. I'll do that later. You know, I, I don't know. Uh, we will be talking to you just kind of about where we are as a church at some point down the road, but this has nothing to do with that. This is about the wisdom of God and its application in the material places in your life. And the invitation uh, in that space is the same as the invitation is always to confess God, my heart is bent on myself and I need your generous grace to change it. That, that move never changes. It happens to be applied in money this morning, but it can be applied in your relationships as we'll see. We'll talk about death. You're like, the only thing worse than money? Really, Matt? We're gonna talk about that, right? Like God has wisdom for all these sort of unpleasant, difficult, sometimes awkward places in our lives, but the, the move is always the same the confession that you're invited into and me. God, my heart is selfish. Sometimes I know it. Sometimes I ignore it. Sometimes I cover it up. Sometimes I deny it and resist that label with all the strength that I have. No, I'm not. Have you seen that guy? That guy's selfish. But every time the gospel call is the same, no, my heart is bent on itself. And yet, God's heart is bent on me and on you. And that changes us. So. Thank you for listening to the Park City Church Podcast. To learn more about our church and or to find ways to get involved in our community, visit us at parkcitykc.com or follow us on social media at parkcitykc.com.